0: Good morning. Good morning. good morning, good morning, wow, <laughs> did worry there, I thought Dan was going to start preaching what I've got, I <laughs> <myself>. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, well, do I need to even go up there? <laughs> but hey, let's, let's hear what God's got to say, yeah? let's hear what he's got to say, Thank you, Jesus. let me just get this out, you see, God's word says, this is part of my preach. But if you seek me, you'll find me. And if you search for me, I will be in your heart. I mean that's powerful, isn't it? If we seek him, we'll find him. That's a promise. You know, we had we had a situation last week where Kelly phoned me up and said, Lee, you can't find Evie. She's turned her phone off. I've got a tracker device on my phone so I know when she's out and about. And the panic that set in because we seeked, but we couldn't find the information on this to say that she was safe. But he says, If you seek me, you will find me, and I will dwell within your heart. Powerful stuff. Not what I'm talking about today, but isn't that awesome? Isn't that just awesome? So today, I want to start praying. So God, Father God, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you, Lord God, that you're just not a book, not the story. You're more than that. You're more than it, Lord God. You're alive. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are just so much, that you give so much, that you love each and every one of us beyond recognition you cannot recognize how much he loves you because it's bigger than that it's bigger than what our minds can think so we thank you jesus let this word that you have given lord god let it go in let it be like the seed lord god floating in the air and let it plant on good soil jesus we just pray that in your name amen you see today i'm going to talk to you about something that we normally only hear we normally only hear this around Easter. But it's relevant for every single day. Yeah. It's relevant every single day. Let me tell you something. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Whoa! Yes. Hallelujah. We could finish right there. He is risen, Terry. Amen. We, can end this, we can end it right now and have a cup of coffee because He is risen. Yes. He is risen. Hallelujah. So today we're going to look We're going to look at this story. So, today I'm coming from Luke, Luke 24. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women went to the tomb to bring spices that they had prepared. You see, because it was the Sabbath, they weren't able to go to the tomb before the Sunday morning. Because that's what the law stated. So they had to prepare the spices. Jesus was buried. They had to prepare the spices. Now these spices ain't like what we think of putting in our bolognese, Jen. (laughs) These are spices to stop the smell of rotten flesh. Let's put it like that. Okay? So they prepared these spices with aroma-smelling oils. But when they arrived, they found that the tomb was empty, the tomb was open the stone had been rolled away and they went in and there was no body there was no body in the tomb can you imagine can you imagine Kelly went on her phone and went why is Evie's phone off where is she imagine arriving at a tomb you've been preparing for two days because you love him so much and you've been preparing to coat him in this oil To bless his body. And the stone is rolled away. And not only that, you look inside and he's gone. Now my heart, Kelly phoned me and she went, I cannot find Evie, she's turned her phone off. Immediately, as a dad, I went, oh my goodness, you see it on the news so often. Where is she? Imagine knowing that you've just spent three years with somebody. And you've heard the stories and you've heard him say and you believe him to be true. And he's gone. His body is gone. And yes, he had explained it before, which we'll get to. But in that moment, can you imagine it? Can you imagine, John, just the heartbreak of knowing he's gone? Oh my goodness. We love him so much and he is gone. I think the first thing I would have been doing was looking for the Roman soldiers to slay because they must have took him. But it doesn't end there, see? See, and the ladies, it said here, were were greatly perplexed. They were in a, a world of bewilderment, a world of anguish. And when they were there, two men stood by them in shining garments. (laughs) And then they were so afraid that they bowed down and planted their faces in the earth. But they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when you were still in Galilee saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day he will rise again. You see, then they remembered his words from anguish and upset, upset and being perplexed in that, oh my goodness, where is he? Oh my goodness, where is she? To walking across a street and going, oh, there she is. What a relief to go, yes, because when we are in this place, when we are in a place, a Friday and a Saturday place, we have witnessed the mutilation, we have witnessed the execution, we have witnessed the burial. When you're in that place, this thing up here goes running and this thing in here, we struggle to hear. So they remembered. They remembered his words and they went running back. They went running back to the eleven and told them. They went running back. But the words it says in verse 11, the words it said seemed like idle tales. Idle tales. But then Peter. Peter arose and he ran to the tomb. And when stooping in, he saw that the linen cloths had been laid there by themselves. So he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Wow, he is risen. He is risen and he is alive. We're a little bit late for Easter stories. But I'll tell you now, if you can just hold on to that fact, no matter what you go through in life, he is risen. We do not seek him in the place of our heartache. Okay? We seek him not in his death, we seek him in his life. So in that heartache, we can seek his life. He is risen. You see, we need to have reassurances. If you're anything like me, you need to be reassured that this truly happened. And one of the things that occurred to me when the Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John wrote the Gospels and they wrote about his resurrection, there was something significant to me and that the ladies confirmed that he is risen. That may seem like a throwaway comment. But back in the times, a lady's word would not have had much credence in this situation. You see, a lady at this time was not allowed to speak to defend themselves in a court under the Jewish law. You see, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John could have quite easily have just said, Paul and Peter found him. They found the empty tomb. They witnessed the resurrection because it would have given it more stature. But they didn't because they do not believe in idle lies. You see... How I know that to be true, in 2 Peter 1, it says, For we, that is the disciples, did not follow cunning devised fables when we made known to you all his power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. That gives me hope. That gives me a rock, Richie, a solid rock to stand on, that there is truth. You see, there's no fabrication, but there is an assurance of the coming again of Jesus because they witnessed the transgression. You see, they witnessed not only the death, they witnessed the ascension. The ascension gives us complete hope that he is alive. You see, one minute, Peter, let's look at Peter, has gone from denying three times for fear of what would happen to him, to hiding in a room, to running in public to where the Romans were standing guard and they would have been seeking out those followers of Jesus because of the words, He is risen. He is risen. Wow. You see, did you know that Jesus actually appeared to people eight more times within the Bible after his resurrection? And that spanned over 40 days. And in one, in one appearance, he appeared to over 500 people. Now, I listened to something a while back, and the guy said that, Appearing to 500 people, there would have been an hallucination. They imagined it. It was all tales and, and myths. But I tell you now, if you go into a court of law with 500 witnesses to an act, I tell you now, the person's not getting off. Because the truth in numbers is seen. You see, if it was ones and twos, we could have quite easily gone, well, I don't know about that. I've heard many a rumour, I heard that this guy's good at football. You know, many it's true. Many people have said it. I didn't believe it till i seen it. <laughs> many years ago. We actually found a newspaper clip about taping up toes the other day. And immediately my mind went to Dan and his amazing feats playing football for my football team. Wow. But 500 witnesses... witnesses. He is risen. He is alive. And he is seated at the right hand. Wow. You see, if you want to see the stories of Jesus after the resurrection, have a look in 1 Corinthians 15. It pretty much gives you a play-by-play book. If you play American football, you'd have it on your wrist so you can see it. It tells you all about his movements. And in verse 6, it tells of the story of him speaking to 500. See, because he spoke to 500, you can see, you can clearly see how his resurrection truth spread so far and so wide, so quick. You see, even today, according to Google, there are 2.4 billion true followers of Jesus Christ in the world. 2.4 billion, Chloe. 2.4 billion. You see, that's approximately the same size of population as China, all of Europe, and the USA together. Oh my goodness, what a holy nation. Wow. You know, when we stand here in this building, and sometimes we think we're so little, and what can we do? But I'll tell you what, when he moves through his church, that's us, that's 2.4 billion people. Things can change. And not only can they change, things will change. Amen. You see, why is the resurrection story so important? You see, if Jesus just came and did some miracles, and then he was crucified, and he was set in a tomb... And the stone was rolled in, and that was it. It would just be a story within a book. You see where I thought people would read read in my notes? A story within a book? See, Terry confirmed it today. If you were just a story in the book, what would be the point? You see, in 33 AD, when Jesus was crucified, there was only 120 roughly true followers And we're talking today 2.4 billion. You see, when he died 120, he met with multiple people. Then he met another 500. So we're now at, say, 700 for argument's sake. Those 700 tell 10 people because the families were big back then. We're now at 7,000. Then that 7,000 people tell their neighbors and they tell their friends. You know, they travel from one place to another. It doesn't say where this 500 was from. Suddenly, 500 came out of nowhere. But it spread miraculously the truth of his resurrection. He is alive. I like to put myself in those positions. Would I have hung around after the crucifixion? If I was Peter and I had denied him three times, would I have hung around? I think I would have been straight back home to my family. I think I would have been repairing my fishing net. You know, when Jesus said, follow me, they left everything. And it would have felt like he had left them. You see, I touched it on earlier, the Saturday moment. See, everything changed. Everything changed. You see, on the Saturday, there would have been disillusion. There would have been depression. There would have been despair. They would have felt defeated. They would have felt hopeless. You see, they saw the miracles. They saw the butchery. They saw the crucifixion. They saw the tomb. They saw the guards. They saw that Pilate sealed... The stone. They didn't just place the stone there. They sealed it to stop anybody from getting in. There would have been complete and utter heartbreak and heartache. But the story didn't end there. Hallelujah, the story didn't end there. You see, everything changed. Everything changed at the resurrection of Jesus. They went from disillusioned to triumphant. They went from depressed to courageous. They went from in despair to strong. They went from being defeated to a courageous, passionate people filled with hope. You see, when we're in our Saturday moment, we can all relate with those areas. But it's when Sunday comes when Sunday comes you see the resurrection it gives us hope and he is our hope and there is a reason for hope today you've not come here today because there is no hope, you came here today because you know Jesus is our redeemer you know that he lives you know that he's for us not against us So there is a reason for hope today. You see, we have been completely forgiven. Completely forgiven. In one Ephesians, it says, in him we have the redemption through his blood and forgiveness for our sins according to the riches in his glory. We have redemption through his blood. It wasn't just a body broken. It was for a reason. Full cost was paid at the cross you see you're no longer afraid to die you no longer have fear of death it says it in john 20 john eleven twenty one. 21 As jesus said i am the resurrection and the life for you who believe in me will not die but you shall live amen? amen amen he has proved it he went to the cross he died There wasn't no resuscitation. He wasn't in a coma. He was lifeless and dead. Okay, let's nail that now. Because I've spoke to many unsaved people and they said, but what if he was in a coma because of blood loss? He wasn't. He was dead. You see, the Roman soldiers whose job was to destroy human bodies... If he wasn't dead, would they have brought him down without snapping his legs? Would they have brought him down without, again, piercing his heart a second time to make sure he was gone? He was completely dead. Full stop dead. No arguments, no grey area, dead. But not for long. But not for long. You see, he never stops. He never stops loving us. Jeremiah 20, uh, 31 says, For the Lord had appeared to us, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. <laughs> Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Wow. Wow. He loves us and he never stops. And that's even if I walk out of this room and I sin. He never stops loving us. Never. The price was paid. The price has always been paid from that moment in time. Always. You see, we have a purpose and a future in him. This is why we have a reason for hope. Yeah. There is a purpose and a future. Yeah. Psalm 33:11 says it. Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the thoughts I have toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope." There is hope for today. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Going through a Saturday, in, um, Saturday. Going through a Friday, witnessing the heartache, feeling the pain. There is hope for today because he is risen. You see, we have eternal life waiting for us. John 11 says it. For those who live and believe in me, they shall never die. But they will have everlasting life. You see, the scriptures were fulfilled. Isaiah. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities and chastised for our peace. And chastised... I can't even say it. The chastisement... I can't even say it. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Chastisement. Thank you, Daniel. Chastisement. (laughs) Of your peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. There is fulfillment. He is God in the flesh. God in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 confirms that. You see, and we have the final victory. Again, 1 Corinthians 15 Looking back at Jesus' walk after resurrection, even if it didn't tell of it, but it does, and it does because we are so easy to live in our Saturday moment, and it's so easy to fall back into our Saturday moment. But we need to remember that Sunday is coming. See, Phil Wickham said it. If you've not heard it, we may put the link in. Phil Wickham has got a song that says, Sunday is coming. Don't lose hope, because Sunday is coming. We can say that today. The disciples never had that. Jesus tried to tell them, don't lose hope. Because what did it say? For I will come again. Did he not tell you that in three days he would come again? But we're not to lose hope. See, I've lived that Friday and Saturday moment recently. And I won't go into details, but I've lived the Saturday and Friday moments. I've lived the heartache. I've lived the depression, the despair, the defeat, the hopelessness. Let me tell you something. The only thing that got me through was when the Holy Spirit said to me, He is risen. Do not base your hope in tomorrow, but put it on a firm foundation that He rose again And he has ascended for you. And he is speaking with the Father about you. So I could get through my journey. And yes, it's taken a while to get here. But we are here. Because your Saturday moment will not last. Because Sunday is coming. You see, the resurrection power that we are looking at. Because it is a power of resurrection. It is Jesus' own power. It is the power of God himself. It's the same power that lives in you and me today. Okay. Let's nail that one. It's the same power that can raise them from the dead, that can speak to situations, that can command the mountain to move from here and to here, that can cause the floor to become flat, that can make your recovery straight. It says, his word is a light unto your feet. That is powerful. You see, because if we want to fulfill our purpose in Christ, we need to be plugged in to his power. We need to be plugged in to his power. You see, what point is a kettle if it's not plugged in? What use is a toaster without any power? because I guarantee you putting bread in that thing and it's coming out bread. (laughs) 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 See, what use is it if we do not plug ourselves in? Even in the Friday heartache, even in the Saturday despair, if we do not plug ourselves into that power and draw on the source, we will stay in our Saturday and we will return to our Friday and we will return to unbelief. And that is not his purpose or his plan for any one of us. You see, Ephesians 1.19 and 20 says, What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? You see, this power is according to his mighty works, which... He'd worked through Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. He is there seated at the right hand. And in other versions of this story, you'll hear of an angel coming down and sitting at the right hand of the graveside. I like to think that was Jesus himself. That's just my play on it. I like to think Jesus said, why are you looking for him? Why are you looking in the place of the dead when he's risen? Did he not tell you this? I can imagine him having that kind of sense of humor. You see, Rick Warren said this. I like this. I'm coming to a close. He said, if God's spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, it can raise a dead marriage today. You see, if God's spirit can raise a dead man it can raise your dead career today you see if god's resurrection power can raise a dead man it can raise your dead dream you see god's resurrection power can change everything today It can change everything today if you plug into the source. I would even say if God's resurrection power can raise Jesus, it can give you healing, it can give you strength, it can give you salvation, it can give you the love for yourself so easy not to love yourself but if we know the truth that he loves us unconditionally just as we are his power can let me know that I can love myself because I'm enough I'm enough for the king of glory I'm enough for the God who reigns upon high in Max ricardo's book, The Unshakable Hope, little plug there, it says this. It says, People of the promise, hold on to the unshakable hope that hinges on the resurrection of Christ. The Christian hope depends entirely, entirely upon the assumption that Jesus Christ died, a physical death. He vacated... An actual grave. And then he ascended. Into heaven. Where at this very moment. He reigns as the head of the church. You see the resurrection. Changed everything. It changed everything. See people of the promise. Hold on to the unshakable. Truth. The unshakable hope. And it hinges on the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But we need to know that he came, that he died, that he rose again and he ascended. There's no point rising again if he didn't ascend there's no point dying on the cross if he wasn't going to rise again. And there was no point God sending his only beloved son to die for us if he wasn't going to return in glory. And there was no point returning in glory if he wasn't coming again. Amen. You see, if we know this unshakable hope we can go from fearful Into fearless. We can go to hopeless. Into hopeful. We can go from being cowards. Into courageous. We can go from being powerless. Into the most powerful. But only if. You confess. That he. Is. Your. Resurrected. Hope. He is our living hope. Now, yesterday, forever. We need to hold on to that knowledge and never let it go. It has to be unshakable in your thoughts. It has to be unshakable in here that He is my risen Savior. And that no matter what tomorrow brings, to Him be the glory. Amen amen so jesus we thank you jesus we thank you that you are the unshakable hope that you give us a hope for today a hope for tomorrow lord and it isn't based it isn't based on what you can do for us it's based on what you've done for us lord and we just thank you we thank you that you love us unconditionally we thank you that Even in the darkest moments, Lord, you are there. That we cannot run from your presence, Lord Jesus. Because you love us so dearly. Lord, that you gave us a purpose, Lord God. That you've gone to prepare a place for us, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. And we say, Lord Jesus, that our hope is in you. And we love you for it, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. Amen? Amen.